Lyndon Lopate at large. I'm Lyndon Lopate. We're now almost two and a half years into the COVID-19 pandemic, and we're seeing yet another increase in cases, hospitalizations, and deaths fueled by the latest Omicron variant, BA5, which some experts have called the worst variant we've seen so far. Industrial hygienist Monona Russell has been helping us make sense of the pandemic, so we've invited her back to our show to help sort through the latest developments and also get an update on the monkeypox virus. Monona uh, is the president and founder of Arts, Crafts, and Theater Safety, the health and safety officer for Local 829 of IATSE, the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, and the author of Pick Your Poison, How a Mad Dash to Chemical Utopia is Making Lab Rats of Us All, which is published by Wiley. If you have any questions for Monona, we welcome your calls. Our number here, 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877. And Monona, welcome back to our show. Well, thank you. It's been reported that the majority of new COVID cases in the U.S. are now caused by the Omicron variant BA5. What makes BA5 so transmissible? Well, as you know, each each one is more transmissible. Transmissible. Some of them were smaller in particle size. Some of them more airborne, and so on. But this one seems to really its major feature is that it can reinfect. It can go after people who are vaccinated, boosted. It just is just able to catch everybody. So <clears throat> the infection rates then, of course, go go very high because no one is immune. And an article in The Atlantic is called BA5, The Reinfection Wave. Are people who've had a previous version of Omicron now getting infected with BA5 as well as people who had earlier variants of COVID? Well, I went to the CDC website and right there it says people who have come down with a virus already are more susceptible to reinfection. That is just the opposite of what you would expect from any other virus. So this one is outperforming itself and is um, causing rebounds, causing reinfections. Uh, In some immune suppressed people, even a month later, they can get another case. Um, And in others, it takes maybe a couple of months and then you're more likely to get it again. So this is really uh, no, no one is no one is spared. Do we know of people who previously had BA5 or the similar BA4? can get reinfected with the same strain? Oh, yes. It's, uh, that's, that's common. Oh. That's so, actually common. So we're, we're, we're seeing those kinds of cases um, all the time. But it's more severe? D- does it tend to cause more upper respiratory symptoms, runny nose, congestion, rather than fever and cough? Well, most healthy people who have been vaccinated will avoid really life-threatening illnesses. The real problem with this is when everybody is passing it around, it makes it impossible for those who are at risk for serious consequences to live here (laughs) because we can't go anywhere. And I have friends who... Have not, who just say, well, I would really like to go out to do this or to do that, but I'm not going to do it. They've They're been smart. homebound or just walking through the park for three-plus years now. That's absolutely correct. Um, uh, at, at my age and at my husband's age of 95, hmm. um, that's just too risky to go into buildings where people are not wearing uh, their their masks and um, and you can count on with the infection rate being as high as it is that somebody in there is going to be infected. Mm. So, so have you ever wondered less, why some people still aren't wearing masks or getting uh, vaccinated? Uh, I can't remember the name of the team, but an American baseball team was scheduled to play uh, in in Toronto and uh, Canada wouldn't let. Them, 10 of the players in because they hadn't been vaccinated. So they had Good. to go to their minor league team to fill the spots. Well, that's and, and that's why Canada has a, a, a lower uh, death rate per capita than we do. 
uh, and most countries uh, with common sense have lower rates than we do because we, the Chinese, for instance, are, are publicizing that the United States gives people the freedom to die. And, and in a sense, they're, they're right. Um, we, we think that the freedom to not wear a mask and to be able to travel around and do what we want when we want it um, really trumps the fact that you are risking the lives of other people when you do that, because passing the virus around so that it is as ubiquitous as it is now makes it impossible for the high-risk people hmm. to enter society safely. And when I take the train, the subway, to come to the station to do these shows, I'm surprised about half the people in each car have masks on and half don't, but it's hard to, to um, categorize who's wearing a mask and who isn't. <laughs> it, it, both groups cover the full range of our society. That's right, and, and Lord help you if you ask someone to wear one. <laughs> yes, I've had a couple of hostile Yeah, responses. I had plumbers come up, and I had to give them my last two uh, masks mm -hmm. because um, they were going to be there for a couple of hours. And um, this is really too much of a risk without anything. Um, my husband and I are pretty well fitted for N95s. So um, when we really have to go somewhere, we can suit up. Now, let's talk about that N95. Uh, what are, is the difference in masks? Uh, you, you prefer N95 to the K variety? Well, so does NIOSH. I'm not alone in this. The, the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health sets the standards for respiratory protection. And the, the N95 is just one of the respirators that they, that they approve of. Um, and it will definitely capture almost all of the, the COVID-carrying particles. So it has to be fit. It has to fit right and so on, but it is it, it will do it. All the other masks won't. And the and the the KN95 is the Chinese version. And the um, the the KF94 is the Korean version. And they have good filters, but they have ear loops, most of them. And the ear loops don't provide enough pressure to the face to form a seal. Even if you twist the ear loop? Oh, yeah. Even some air is going to go around the sides of the mask. And if that happens, that air that is going around the sides is totally unfiltered. Uh, and that's where your your high percentage uh, of, of transmission cases occur with those masks. In, so I prefer a really well-fitted N95 that meets all of the requirements. In past waves, it's been thought that being outdoors, if not if you're not in a crowd, was relatively safe without a mask. Has that changed? Should we be masking even when we leave our homes? Well, you, you know, what you should do is have the mask handy or hang it around your something because, I mean, you never know when you're going to suddenly find yourself in a crowd. Hmm. Um, if you're just walking in the park at an hour where you don't expect anything now, of course, you got to worry about mug getting mugged. But you, you shouldn't, if, if no one is near you and you're outdoors where the, the breezes blow, there's really very little to fear. I'm sure that there are quite a few listeners who have questions and a reminder that if you want to Speak to Monona. Our telephone number here, our on-air number, is 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877. We've been seeing reports of 110,000 to 130,000 new cases a day. Do those numbers include home tests or just the PCR tests from official testing sites? Well, that's the problem. We have really no good idea of what that infection rate really is. Um, because there are all these home reporting kits that people are certainly not calling in when they test positive. They're not reporting. So the oh, numbers yeah. could be actually as high as one million new cases a day, some people have suggested? Yeah. They, it, depending on which expert you talk to, you can get uh, es estimates all over the place on that because no one really, really knows. Um, but it is high. It, it's, is COVID likely to become as common as the common cold, which is also a coronavirus? 
Well, technically it already is, but it is, it is never going to behave like the common cold unless we come up with something new, because the way it is scheduled now, uh, elderly would have to be vaccinated every four months and maybe younger people every six months. Um, that's not your average cold. Your, your flu shots and so on are once a year. So this this is not going to ever function like a, an ordinary cold unless we come up with something new uh, to get it better under control. Our tests, when they're positive, then analyze to see which variant it is? Well, they're certainly testing a percentage of them. But again, I'm sure they're not testing every single one. Uh, that would be pretty pretty awesome if they were. And there's you know tests all over the country. So that's probably not happening. My guess is that they're, they're doing a percentage. And based on that, they have a good reason to believe that the majority of the cases are the BA5 variant. My guest on today's Leonard Lopez at large is one of our favorite regulars, industrial hygienist Monona Russell. And uh, we're taking your calls at 212-209-2877. This is WBAI New York 99.5 FM, streaming live at WBAI.org. Let's take some calls, okay, Monona? Sure. Okay, BAI, you're on the air. Hi. Um, this question is directed uh, to Monona. Of course, you're not going to ask me anything. She's the one who knows stuff. <laughs> well, she said a lot. And what uh, stood out in my mind is um, that people who've never been exposed, never had the virus healthy, okay, they're being told, well, if you're healthy, you still should get vaccinated because if you get sick, you might die, you might get hospitalized. They tell you every worst scenario. And if you've never been sick and you've been healthy since 19, 2019 to 2022, and they tell you to do it, and that's based on something you have no comparison to, that's what might happen. And then you get it, and then you get sick. Okay, that can happen, but they don't make a deal of that. Um, so now you have the recovered person, and the person is walking around. They know what can happen. They get sick again, but it might be Omicron. Then they don't die. They don't go to the hospital. They don't have long-term COVID symptoms or whatever bad thing may happen. But they do have something to compare it to. When they're outside with their masks, because nobody wants to be sick, and they hear people say, you're the one spreading it. You're the one making it worse. Because of you, we can't get a control because it's ubiquitous because of you. That's not true. That's life. That's nature. And if you have a situation where you have immune problems or elderly problems or morbidity or whatever your problem, that's the problem you have that you need to discuss and you need to straighten out, not put it on someone else, that they're the stupid ones. Do you have a question for Monona? Uh, there's no that's question the in there. <laughs> based on, yeah, the question is why do you do it? Why do you make people feel like they're the problem when they're healthy? Well, you know, I haven't been hit by a car for many years either, but I'm also going to know that I have to practice the precautions <laughs> in order not to be hit by a car. This is the same sort of thing. You have been extraordinarily lucky or you are one of the rare people, and there are a few, who don't get this disease. So are there some people who just have such strong immune systems? Not that, strong uh, immune systems specific ones. Uh -huh. It's the same thing with, with HIV. They found a handful of people that just can't get HIV. And it's, it's a rare uh, um, genetic thing, but there are people who, who can't get this disease. However, for anybody who's ordinary and can get the disease, not to get vaccinated is not very thoughtful of both yourself or other people, because once you get it, you now can spread it like crazy. And you can also put yourself at risk. And by, by getting vaccinated, at least you know you're going to make it through. Uh, the case is going to be lighter. Uh, you'll be infectious for less period of time. There's just so many good reasons to get vaccinated. And I can't think of any reason. There's so little 
problems with 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 a person's health uh, from getting vaccinated that there's just essentially no downsides. To well, getting- how many times do you, are people being uh, is it being suggested that people get vaccinated if you've had two boosters already? Uh, should you be thinking about another booster? Hasn't, oh, I am. Haven't the oh, uh, drug manufacturers suggested that they're coming up with new variants to the vaccines? Yes, they're doing a, a lot of things. They're trying to make them more general so that they will go after more variants of the coronavirus. Uh, but definitely, uh, I, I got my, vac- my um, booster in early May, so in early September, I will be looking for the fourth booster. And I'll probably be trying to get the, uh, the Novavax because that is a very interesting new vaccination. Um, it, it, it does a, a peculiar thing. Well, actually not so peculiar because some of the flu viruses do the same thing. The other vi- vaccines um, stimulate your own body to make the spike proteins that are on the surface of the virus, and then your body develops immunity to them. Um, this one shoots the um, spike virus protein right into you in a nanoparticle form so that the body then immediately sees it and immediately starts forming antibodies to it. And they also add to it a, um, an immune system booster. And it's a kind of an odd chemical. And I, I spent some time looking it up. Um, it's, it's a triterpene glucoside, which doesn't mean maybe anything to most of the people out there. But the, the terpenes are a pretty nasty group of chemicals in a lot of ways, but they are natural. They, they, this one comes from either the, uh, the soap bark tree or the soap wart plant. And um, it is just enough toxicity and uh, it stirs up the body and really stimulates the immune system. And it's been used for a number of different um, other um, vaccines and, and, and shots, and it seems to work pretty well. So they're giving you a double um, way of, of avoiding the virus. So I'm kind of interested in, in seeing how that one works out and see if it, it does a little better job. Before we go to another call, I do want to ask you one other question along these lines. The death rate has been going up. It, it had been hovering around 300, 350 per day, but now it's at 400 a day. Do we know if those deaths are mostly among unvaccinated people or are they people who are just coming down with the next variant? Yeah, it's heading to 400 for sure. The The seven-day average, the last seven-day average taken on the 13th was 351, mm-hmm. uh, but 634 people died yesterday. So this is what we're, we're up against. It is definitely rising. It is definitely definitely going up. Uh, now, about 12% of the deaths are among immunocompromised people. But the rest of them are mostly elderly. And 40% of them are vaccinated, and 60% of them are not. So again, if you're playing the odds, you really kind of want to get a vaccination you really want to kind of stay away from crowds if you're elderly, because those are the people that the that the high infection rates are, are doing in. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hi. Venona, it's, it's your loyal follower and correspondent, Russell. Um, oh. oh. Hi. You know, I'm, I think you end up being a victim because people target you for hostility, and I'm going to try not to do that. But the question I want to ask is, why do you think people are hostile? That last caller, you know, I, I sympathize with her, but the hostility shouldn't be turned to you. I think a lot of people feel that your fears are dictating our daily life, and I want to ask you if that's why you think people are hostile to you. But my more But I didn't question, think that that previous caller was hostile to you, Monona. Oh, I did. Well, <laughs> you did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think so. I think he's right. Okay. I think he's yeah. right, and and she and she was and and more than she than was accusatory. She was frustrated. Uh-huh. Right. She doesn't 
she doesn't want to feel that people are asking her to do something. And I mean, I sympathize with that. I don't like people to ask me to do stuff either. But there's sometimes, you know, mom wants to have you do something for your own good. And uh, I I know I'm going to, I'm I'm very outspoken. So I'm very used to to hostility. In fact, I would be kind of um, nonplussed if it wasn't coming at me every once in a while. I would think something was wrong. Well, I want you to be plussed. So I I want to ask you, Monona, if it's true what we heard about Ivana Trump just receiving a booster, and how many boosters would be too many for you? 20 boosters in one year? But the the real question, Monona, the real one question I have for you is the evidence of the damage done to school children by virtual learning, and especially special ed kids with the the mask and their own development, are you going to continue insisting that the educations of the children should be sacrificed for for those who are at risk. Thanks, Monona. Uh, yeah. By the way, Ivana didn't. It hasn't been uh, announced that she died because of COVID, so I'm not even sure how that applies. Well, when there's a lot of speculation because no one knows why. They they do know she fell down the stairs now. Yes. Now there's all kinds of speculations as to why. But until I, I think Donald pushed her. <laughs> Until until we see the the actual reports, I, I'm I'm making no comment on on, on Ivana Trump's uh, demise. Okay, uh, the, but the okay, great- what about the second part of his question there? Well, I think we're also not looking at some of the people and some of the children who have done really well with virtual learning. And I think we should be putting a lot more effort into making virtual learning better and more interesting and so on. Because not every child falls apart because they don't get interaction with other children. Um, If that was the case, I would have had a serious problem as a child. I was a working child on the road. I didn't have a lot of friends and people of my age. And so, I mean... I, I think just from the the kids that I knew on the road in show business, most of them had never seen the inside of. They had all done their learning uh, in, in with with books and and their parents helping and and guide guidance counselors and so on, and they didn't fall apart. So I, I think maybe we just need to provide more support services for the kids, um, get better learning. I think I think we've got a lot, a, a lot of changes that we should be making to the educational systems. And I'm not sure that just getting them all back into school is the answer. Okay, let's go take another call. BAI, you're on the air. I uh, thank you. Uh- I have uh, two questions for Ms. Russell. Uh, one, what's the other uh, gentleman Russell just mentioned, the children. A little while back I had mentioned that uh, CDC suggested that people stand six feet apart from each other and wear masks when in an enclosed area. Yet the public schools opened up with the children pushed up against each other in their seating and did not make any effort to actually change the ventilation system for the children either. And when I had mentioned it the last time, you had said that it's unfortunate. I really, I feel it's outrageous. I think that the children are being, their health is being sacrificed by bombarding them with all these injections when their immune system is already very acute. I also find the next question is, so what, what are your thoughts about that? If these CDC people are experts, why are they willing to sacrifice our children based on that it would cost too much to change the environment for our children to be educated? How, how do you expect the general public to respect their opinion about maintaining our children's health and our health? And then the second question is, if the body is developed to maintain its health through the immune system, why is it that the CDC does not encourage people to improve their immune system by what they eat and exercise and etc.? I, I am I'm baffled by those two situations and a lot more 
but those are just two. This one other question. We're no, let's do the two. That. Let's do the two because yes, you're, you're, you're going to stress my poor little report. mind. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm sure you're able to. You're getting overloaded. <laughs> yeah, opinion. I'm overloaded. The, 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 the immune system. Make jokes. Let's con- Go the ahead. immune system question is a really good one, uh, and and the CDC does uh, uh, recommend good eating and all that other stuff too. It's just that it's not concentrated on at this point. So they would like people to have good good immune system programs. As for the children, I happen to totally agree with what you said. Um, uh, the fact that they they just didn't want to spend the money on the ventilation and, and providing the right kind of environment did risk children. And even more, it again risked the elderly that were family members, because once the kids are infected and bringing it home, that's a problem for the family. So I, I happen to think that you're, you're absolutely right, that, that the money should have been spent on upgrading ventilation and changing a lot of things in those schools. Some of those schools should have been closed before the pandemic. They are really not good buildings. And we should be putting that money. I mean, there's, there's several billion dollars just sitting there waiting for schools to do good projects. And yet I'm seeing projects that are, you know, for negative ion generators and weird systems that don't really work. Somebody needs to take a look at the schools and try to upgrade them properly and spend the money that's that's being offered to do the right kind of thing by the children. But what has happened and why I agree so much with what this lady said was that the, the CDC's philosophy ends up putting at risk both ends of the age spectrum. They put at risk children and they put at risk adults. And again, it's because of the high infection rates and not having the right environment. Um, I I couldn't agree with this, this lady more. Well, actually, mentioning schools reminds me that when I was a student, we were told to get underneath our desks uh, to avoid being killed by uh, atomic bombs. And, of course, that was ridiculous because radiation would have killed us anyway. And now, have you seen this new public service announcement uh, that says if there is a nuclear attack, you should stay indoors? Would that? <laughs> have you seen that? No, I haven't. Uh, you must give me the link. <laughs> no, no. it's been. I, it, they've been showing it on television fairly regularly. And I have no idea what they're thinking, because as I said, if there were uh, a bomb dropped on New York City, it wouldn't matter whether you were indoors or outdoors. The radiation is what would kill you, wouldn't it? Provided your building was even standing when it was over. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's not really a, a good defense for being in an atomic situation. Uh, I, I, Lord, I, I'm glad I haven't seen those. Maybe it's because we don't have cable. <laughs> Probably. This is WBAI New York 99.5 FM, streaming live at WBAI.org. I love my friends, and they love me. We're just as close as we can be. And just because we really care whatever we get. We share. We're back with Minota Russell, who is a regular guest on this show because uh, she's one of our favorite people. Uh, she know, just knows so much. She's an industrial hygienist uh, and the author of uh, Pick Your Poison, How Our Mad Dash to Chemical Utopia is Making Lab Rats of Us All. Also uh, a, a works in both... Uh, uh, theater and film uh, as a someone who uh, uh, keeps people safe. Uh, and uh, we take your calls at 212-209-2877 when she joins us on this show. Uh, just one more thing before we go to a few more calls. While BA5 is now the dominant strain, we're hearing about an even newer variant called BA. 2.75. And I was wondering, how are these numbers arrived at? Do they have to do with which spikes on the coronavirus are changing? The genetic modifications in the RNA 
Um, and I don't know exactly how the numbers relate mm. to the changes, but they, they do. Um, and yes, there are some experts that are looking at the, the BA 2.75 that is now in India and starting to cause a wave. And it's in 10 other countries, and it's mm. gotten there very fast. It's, very, it's even more infectious than BA5, isn't it? Well, they, they, there's some experts that say that, and then there's others that say it's not. So we have to see, but that, that could be the next, next one. Mm. Um, Great. And it it looks, sounds like it's going to be, coming, be with us for the rest of time. Yeah, well, it, there, there's no end to the variants. I mean, they can just keep coming and coming. And the more often we get infected and the higher the infection rates, the more chance for mutation there is and the more variants are created. Well, so, you, you work in theater and in film. Uh, those industries must be panicked because they rely so much on, on, on attracting audiences who sit close together. Well, that's the that's the live theater, but in film we don't have the problems. We, if, uh, the um, Hollywood Reporter and the L.A. Times uh, just reported that they're going to extend the union, the theatrical union's uh, COVID precautions, and that includes masks, distancing, testing, uh, ventilation, all of that, until September 30th. But that's on the West Coast. Here on the East Coast, people are still kind of a little bit shakier mm. on, on things. And uh, I, I would have loved to see some of the um, theaters here put more money into ventilation changes and things. Which we keep would, on seeing these promotions for a return to theater on television. Yeah, well, there are two theories for COVID programs. The, the film industry sort of has a zero COVID transmission policy because if the star gets sick, the production's down. So they want no transmission. And so they really do a very, very good job. But once you have to have an audience and once you have to have people in close proximity in a theater that, that usually is not the best in terms of, it's usually older buildings, um, that becomes a problem. So what they're, 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 they're an economic uh, first program. And so they want the infection rate to stay low enough that the, that the swing performers, the understudies and the on-call performers can cover whoever comes down with, with the virus or becomes positive on the test. Huh. It's a different philosophy. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. It's you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm 71. Uh, the last time I took any kind of an injection was when I was in the military about 50 years ago. I don't take a flu shot. Um, I am totally a person who believes in natural things. I have my own library of, about herbs, uh, amino acids, enzymes. I must take about 40 different supplements a day, but I research it. I know exactly what's safe. Uh, I practically never get a head cold. Once, sometimes I might get a few sniffles, and it's over in a couple of days. And uh, I just don't believe in these injections, which are not really vaccines. It's using this DNA uh, and RNA genetic material. And so I put my faith in uh, doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough and many of the other thousands of physicians who are warning people not to take these shots. And uh, I also listen to the fine program that precedes this, and I understand that Healthy young men, especially athletes, are dying and getting all kinds of cardio uh, heart attacks and cardio problems as a result of these injections. Monona? No, they're not. <laughs> but, um, you know, I hope it works for him. I hope, I hope he stays healthy. But if you look at the numbers, he's, he's on the wrong side of the odds. Well, thank you so much for your call and good luck. Uh, and uh, a reminder that our number here is 212-209-2877. A lot of people are suddenly calling in. Uh, bef before we get to those calls, what about the treatments? Are we seeing many people having, uh, still having to be put on ventilators, or are other treatments like uh, monoclonal antibodies or antiviral pills being used? And are the antiviral pills like Paxlovid as effective against BA5 as they were against the earlier variants? 
Yeah, Paxlovid seems to be pretty effective. Uh, and in fact, if you go to one of these uh, street uh, COVID test places and you test positive, if you're of the right age and the right um, um, demographic, whatever, they will um, give you the, 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 the drug mm-hmm. at the time. So, I mean, it, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty useful thing. They were talking about a rebound after um, Paxlovid, but now they can see that this virus rebounds whether or not you use the, 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 the antiviral drug. It just rebounds. Um, and so, so you think you're over it, and then all of a sudden you're test positive again. Let's take another call. Our number here, 212-209-2877. WBAI, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having Winona. She's so practical and gives good advice uh, that's clearly understandable. Uh, and that's why we invite her back on a regular basis. <laughs> uh, of course, Thank you're you. a great interviewer. You know how to delve into things and draw the best out of your uh, interviewees. I, uh, like your previous caller, believe in natural, uh, healthy life. I don't take any drugs. And I did do the vax and the um, one booster under protest. And sure enough, I did get uh, COVID about four weeks ago. Very mild case. Uh, it was more like uh, sniffles. I didn't have any of the other attended things like headaches, uh, fever, or whatever. Uh, My question is, uh, there is now some kind of immunity. I don't know what kind of COVID I had. Did I get the B5 or the the more recent one since it was about three and a half weeks ago? Uh, But how long do I need to wait to consider taking a, a booster? Uh, the the whole thing will depend primarily on when you got your last shot. They won't really fact, probably yeah. be looking too much at the fact that you had the COVID. But I would talk to your physician um, because there are some some there are some data that they operate under. Well, there's a whole concern about long COVID, isn't there? Yeah, well, she's not talking about having any other symptoms, which is good. And that's what the virus, the vaccine is supposed to do, is to make sure that she just has a cold and then she is fine. And that's exactly what has happened. And that's 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 excellent. But it does mean if she had the BA5, that she's now more at risk of getting it again. So she probably needs a, a shot. So I, I, I would talk to the doctor about when you had your last one and the fact that you had the COVID and what his recommendation would be. Okay. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Hi. It's a pleasure to speak to two of the national treasures, truly. <laughs> uh, I would like to ask a kind of a, a strange question. Back in 08, we had a, a um, SARS virus. Uh, I was yes. had the fortune of being in close proximity of somebody who was shedding after having had the flu shot. I never had a flu shot. I never had the flu until I had that. Uh, is that a spike up corona? Yep, it is. And it should have warned us. It should have warned us. That was H1N5, I believe. Yeah, and, the, the uh, vaccine it, came out in seven, and then I was exposed to this in eight in a very unusual way with someone who was shedding, and we didn't know about shedding back then. And then I went to a large event uh, where I was around all kinds of people who were, at that time in New Jersey, they were testing live viruses in the nose of nurses and EMTs and all that business. And I happened to be at a, at a big fair, and I came home about five days later, got very sick. I just wanted to know if that was a spike corona. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, it's quite different in, in terms of its total function, but it's in the same family. Definitely. And you, you got to wonder, uh, where does this all stop? You know, it's, it's very sad. I, I'm a recluse. I, I'm blind and I don't have much contact with the world. And I just listen to this wonderful radio station most, most <laughs> well, of the day. 
Yeah, because we're what we're seeing is one pandemic after another, uh, and and part of that is our close proxi proximity to animals, uh, some of the climate change things. Um, experts sort of expect that we're going to be in one pandemic or another pretty much um, on a regular basis, um, and and they're watching a lot of other other diseases as they come up. Now, she, the listener says she mostly listens to this radio station. There are uh, ways of um, treating yourself. To There are shots that you can take, usually whiskey, if you want to stop listening to WBAI. But, <laughs> but other than that, we are really pleased that you listen. Thank you so much for your call. And, Mino, before we go to any other calls, and by the way, our number here is 212 Two zero nine two eight seven seven. Just want to talk about monkeypox for a moment. Um, well, first of all, I should tell people that my guest is Monona Russell, who uh, is the president and founder of Arts, Crafts, and Theater Safety, and also the health and safety officer for Local Eight Twenty Nine of Viatsi, the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, the author of Pick Your Poison. How Our Mad Dash to Chemical Utopia is Making Lab Rats of Us All, which is published by Wiley. This is WBAI New York 99.5 FM and streaming live at WBAI.org. And before we get to any more calls, I did just want to address the whole matter of monkeypox. We've been hearing about an increase in the number of monkeypox cases, which doubled in New York City in just one week. Why is this illness, which had been seen only in African countries until recently, suddenly gaining a foothold? And why has it been seen mostly in gay men? Is it thought to be sexually transmitted and not airborne? Okay, that's a bunch of questions. And um, what we didn't have was a surveillance system. So in, in about the five years previous to this, there were only nine cases that were known outside of uh, Africa, but what we weren't doing is good surveillance because the, the 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 virus was being passed. It was just moving along from one person to another, and we didn't really see it. And that's why now that we're looking for it, uh, it, it 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 is it is just practically everywhere, and it has been slowly spreading, uh, uh, pretty much undetected. Um, it is passed by close contact and you can't get closer contact than sexual contact so it isn't that there's anything special about sexual contact it's just contact but and, it's still it's still passed through the air well they know that it is probably passed by some droplets because lesions commonly are in the mouth as well but there is no evidence at this point that it is a, a respiratory virus. So that's, that's, a, good, that's a good thing. Um, it's, it's a very interesting uh, a bug. Um, but it, and it's got, there are several vaccines that are really good for it. If anyone is really worried, um, the... Um, the, the city is 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 having a um, on Sunday. They're having a mass vaccination. That's to, you know day after tomorrow. But wait, but but uh, the vaccine, according to what I've seen on uh, news reports, has been in short supply. And when vaccination appointments opened up in New York City, the site crashed because so many people tried to sign up. So should yeah. only people who think that they're most at risk of infection sign up for it? Yes, that it, that would be wise, and you do have to sign up for these. But there is going to be a mass vaccination in 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 um, Queens, Brooklyn, and the Bronx in high schools there, and you can sign up. You have to sign up ahead of time, get a get a, an appointment. But if you think you're at one of, the, if, if you think you're at high risk, um, this would be a good time to make a move because they're bringing in a whole bunch of the. Uh, virus. You see, they took it out of the national stockpile, so they know what they've got. The 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 site crashing also was they're they're blaming it on the technicians now and so on. It it's you know there's going to be bumps in the road when 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 something new is getting rolled out, and that was one of them. Let's take another call. 
BAI, you're on the air. Hello? Did we lose that caller? Okay. Well, if you want, have any questions about... It's, it looks like the person is still there. Hi. Hello. Hi. You're on the Hello? air. Yes, go ahead. Okay, first of all, I would like to thank the previous callers for expressing uh, their uh, ideas and their findings. Uh, especially, I believe the young lady's name is Denise. I may be incorrect, but I've heard her a number of times. And the other young lady who spoke before her and before Russell... I don't think that uh, take her offerings as being arrogant or being hostile. No, I would I say skeptical, wouldn't you? Yeah. I, I okay, thought that they were I skeptical. I would like to say that I didn't. And uh, maybe perhaps at the time when she was speaking, it would have been a benefit to give her the opportunity to explain if you felt that way. Now for my questions. I would like to know. Due to the fact that this uh, virus has changed so many times, due to the fact that there was never a, shall we say, test period to gather data to uh, basically guide us in the, uh, the, the taking administration of the drug, uh, and due to the fact that there has not been any comparison in those who have natural immunity and how their blood is versus those who got sick after taking the, uh, the shot and even before the taking of the shot. So uh, the country as a whole is left in an area, or shall I say in a position where there is no clarity, but yet those, I mean, you have Bill Gates, I believe he is in medicine now, and he's uh, basically supporting and pushing forth uh, this, uh, that uh, countries take uh, the uh, shot. But yet he did not even graduate from college. He made his monies in the computer world. He's not a doctor. And it would be lovely to have doctors give us their analytical uh, analysis based upon their observation and their study for the shot and those who prescribe for natural uh, way of healing and prevention, basically a way of taking care of one's body. I, I get your point. You know, we're, we're pretty much running out of time. So, Monona, can you respond? Yeah, and, 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 a, and Wait, and Monona, one other thing. Uh, can you? Are you surprised by how many skeptical calls we received during the show? No, especially on BAI. Sure. <laughs> There's a lot of skepticism. Um, but this, this lady has a very good mind. And what she is... Uh, the only thing that she's failing to do is to understand the two issues. And uh, I, far be it for me to defend Bill Gates, but mm. Bill Gates is a, a numbers person. And if you run the numbers, he's just right in the pocket because that's all you need to see. Um, the, the studies of immune systems and their response, what this lady needs to do, and if she gets in contact with me, I will show her how to get in touch with all of the services where the research is coming out. She needs to start reading the papers. If she reads the research papers, she will see that they are doing what she is talking about. And they are looking at the blood uh, of, of people who don't get it, people who do, people who have it again. They're looking at all of this stuff. They, 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 there's a lot of research going on. And uh, it, 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 is, it is complicated. It is not simple. It's not something that we can just quickly summarize on this program. So how can people get in touch with you? And uh, before we go, one other thing along those lines, uh, we should mention that you've taught a course every summer on health and safety for teachers and arts professionals. And I was wondering if it's being made available online this year. It is, and uh, we're almost full. We got a couple of spots left, um, but we do it virtually um, on 
August 15 to 19, it's 40 hours, so you have to have a real commitment. But people who are interested in the health and safety, uh, in, in the performing arts and in the fine arts, this is, this is where you might want to come to get a survey course, a long one on what the risks are and what the chemicals are and what the procedures are. We have usually a 50-50 split between um, professionals in the safety field and uh, professionals in the arts. And, and you mentioned that people can get in touch with you? Yeah, well, um, you've, you've provided my email before, which is actsnyc at cs.com. Let's say, uh, give that out one more time, A-C-T-S. At and at NYC uh, stands for Arts, Crafts, Theater, Safety, New York City. ACTSNYC okay. at CS. Are you ready for this? Stands for CompuServe <laughs> at uh, I mean dot com. Okay. Well, so it's, well I, I'd be glad to help people who have a good mind, even if they're even if they're a little angry, even if they're a little bit skeptical, because there's so much research. I read every day two, three hours, and I do not get through it all. <laughs> Monona, thank you so much for always being such a great guest. Uh, Monona Russell, R-O-S-S-O-L. She is the president and founder of Arts, Crafts, and Theater Safety, and also the health and safety officer for Local 829 of IATSE, which is the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, and the author of Pick Your Poison, How Our Mad Dash to Chemical Utopia is Making Lab Rats of Us All, published by Wiley. And Monona, I look forward to your next visit to our show. Thank you so much for being such a great guest. Oh, it's always such fun with you. And that brings us to the end of our show. My great thanks to Barbara Kahn for preparing today's discussion and also to Reggie Johnson, our audio engineer, and Kaziah Glow, our executive producer, for all the important work that they do throughout the week. If you'd like to check out more of our one-hour discussions, you can access our archives of nearly 700 shows at WBAI.org or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else that podcasts are available. We're also on Twitter. And if you would like to write to me, my email address is leonardlopate at WBAI.org. I need to talk to you for just a minute about a very serious problem facing the station. WBAI still... Uh, has a long way to go in paying the fee to have our signal transmitted from the broadcast tower at Fort Times Square. It comes to $17,000 a month, and we're asking our listeners to consider stepping up and supporting the station financially as we struggle to stay afloat and on the air during these difficult times. If you haven't taken that step already, please make a tax-deductible contribution at whatever level you're comfortable with by going online to give to WBAI.org or by calling 212-209-2950 right now to help keep the unique in-depth content. We bring you on the show coming to you weekdays from 1 to 2 p.m. You might also consider becoming a sustaining member, what we call a BAI buddy, for $10 a month or more. And if you do, we'd be happy to send you a number of perks, including a WBAI tote bag. Either way, I hope you'll call right now because BAI doesn't take ads or foundation grants, which allows us to be completely free speech radio. The number again, 212-209-2950, or go online to give to WBAI. Org. And don't forget to make that tax-deductible contribution in the name of Leonard Lopate at Large from all of us at the station. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend.